Thanks, Jenny, for the uh, invitation to come here and uh, the thrill to see many familiar faces. So many of you have been on holiday or have been looking after the kids or the grandkids and you're back and you just want another month just to birth yourself. But sorry, uh, we're beginning a new year and we need to get some inspiration from the Bible and especially from a, a person who exhibited and personified this, the sort of spirit that we can do with in 2022. And I've called this the pioneering daring of Abraham. Say it after me. One, two, three. The pioneering daring of Abraham. One, two, three. For a start, let's define the phrase pioneering daring. Does not refer to those who are sick of where they are. They've had a guts full of all life as it is, and they want something new. They want new green pastures. No, no. It's not about escaping. God-honoring pioneering daring is when you're relatively comfortable and reasonably happy, a five or six or seven out of ten, where you are. But you're willing to answer the call or the nudge or the whisper and leave behind your present situation and embark on something different, unknown, perhaps risky and dangerous for you. Something that will add value not to your life necessarily, but to the lives of others who you live against. And that's exactly what Abraham did. And that's what Sarai did too. Yes, I agree, Jenny. Uh, very young-looking woman who's not much younger, actually, than her husband, who was 90. They leave their home in Mesopotamia and the town of Ur. And this place, this place still is located in what was called the Fertile Crescent. That's between the magnificent Euphrates and the Tigris rivers, modern-day Iraq. And that, that supports the purest water in the world, almost on a par with uh, the Canterbury Plains, with the Waimak, the Rangitata, and the Rakaia Rivers. And some believe that's where the Garden of Eden was. So even if you didn't have green fingers, even if you didn't know the difference between tomatoes and tamarillos, you could be productive and grow anything in that area. And that's important to know because... They were escaping from a Garden of Eden. They weren't escaping from hor some horrible situation. That's easy to get out of. But it's much harder to leave a place that, that's got a lot going for it. Yet Abraham and Sarai did that. They worked, walked away from a land of milk and honey. To what? A three and a half thousand mile journey on foot, along with their prolific fano and uh, livestock. And they went across war zones into the complete unknown. Three and a half thousand miles. It must have taken years together, walking through hot, cold, wet, dry. Don't know how you did the four months lockdown, but after four months, most of us had cabin fever. Imagine being with the same lot for three years or whatever. They travelled walking to the unknown, only being called by God could get you doing that. That's daring pioneering. And that is God-honoring daring pioneering. Now, we know quite a lot about Abraham from the book of Genesis. We know Abraham being the spiritual father of the people of Israel. He was once an idol worshiper who came to believe in the one true God. He was born about 2165 BC. 
the city of Ur, Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq. And God promised Abraham two things, remember? Firstly, a multitude of descendants, and secondly, possession of the land of Canaan. Two problems. Abraham and Sarai had no children, and they were over 70, 80, 90 years of age. And secondly, Canaan had already been possessed by others. And so we know the story, don't we? The ebbs and the flows, the birth of Isaac, the birth of Ishmael, and then Isaac. Isaac meaning laughter, which is what Sarah did when told that she was going to have a baby at that age. And who can blame her laughing? We know that Abraham became one of the biggest landowners of all time. And then the intrigue starts as Abraham's asked and told by God to sacrifice his favorite son, Isaac. But hallelujah, the last minute, a lamb is called, caught and substituted in Isaac's place scapegoat. And in the end, Abraham emerges as a man of great faith who believed God even when it seemed impossible. And because he's such an iconic person, there are three world religions that base their spiritual roots and trace them back to Abraham. Firstly, Judaism, where Abraham is seen as the great father of the Jewish people and the recipient of God's original promises. And secondly, it's us Christians. We see Abraham as a model of faith and a foundation principle of Christian belief. And then thirdly, it's the religion of Islam, which points to Abraham as a true Muslim, which means one who submits to God. So Abraham is an iconic figure for many religions. And of course, with Islam, it traces it through Ishmael rather than Isaac. But I want to go back to to Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. When Abraham was 75 years old, hands up those who are over 65. Rightio. Rightio, if you think your pioneering daring days are over, sorry, think again. When Abraham was 75 years old, he started out from Mesopotamia for the land of Canaan. Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. When you get home, underline it in your Bible with question mark. Now, there's something I discovered a wee while ago, because I'm not very good with with the old computers and iPhones, but someone introduced, Jocelyn Smith from the cathedral said, you need to get to know Siri. Siri. Hands up those who know anything about Siri. Right, I didn't hear. Siri, you, you ask Siri on your iPhone, hey, Siri, and it provides answers. It's amazing, isn't it? And it doesn't always go right. But anyway, I asked Siri, Siri, how long did it take Abraham to get from Mesopotamia to Canaan. And Siri directed me, and I kid you not, to the Ernest Rutherford Retirement Village in Stoke Nelson. (laughs) The mind boggles at those connotations. Now, I imagine some of you are saying, listen, I'm still in holiday mode. Give us a break. Pioneering daring is not for me, but I can tell you it's for others who are better qualified. They're much better than I am. I haven't got the qualifications. And you've heard the story of a brand new vicar being appointed and uh, they came and they were really intimidated by the educational level of the, of the prisoners. And so this new vicar thought, what can I do to, to quell my inferiority complex? And uh, they came up with a good idea. And so on the notice board was the Reverend Wendy Kington, LLBBA. She put it on the website, and your website is amazing, by the way. She put it on the letterhead. She put it on the on, on Fenelton Road. 
LLBBA, but only she knew that it stood for looks like a bishop, but ain't. <laughs> Sometimes we can get intimidated by others. And so it's, it's not for me. I don't have what it takes. Well, in 1962, there's a classic study called The Cradle of Eminence. It was done by a couple called Victor and Mildred Goetzel. And they investigated the family backgrounds of more than 400 highly successful people. And they wanted to identify the early experiences that may have contributed to the remarkable achievements they'd made in life. They included people like Einstein. And their backgrounds proved very interesting reading. Listen to this. 75% came from troubled backgrounds, childhoods, enduring poverty, broken homes, parental abuse. 25% had physical disabilities. And most of those who became well-known writers or playwrights watched their parents embroiled in one crisis after another. And the researchers concluded the need to compensate for disadvantage was a major factor in their pioneering drive. They had the overcoming attitude. They had the daring pioneering spirit. So I want to clarify, daring pioneering spirit may not necessarily mean a sudden explosion of movement and ideas, an aha, serendipity moment. Remember William Wilberforce, 1789, stood before British Parliament, eloquently cried out for the day when men, women and children would no longer be bought and sold like farm animals. Each year for the next 18 years, this bill was defeated, but he continued his tireless campaign against slavery. In 1833, so he started in 1789, has your maths, 1833, four days before his death, Parliament finally passed the bill completely abolishing slavery. That is pioneering daring, and it takes ages. On the other hand, remember Rosa Parks, the Afro-American woman, a committed Christian. She was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a bus for a white man. When I sat down on that bus that day, she wrote, I had no idea history was being made. I was only thinking of getting home. But I made up my mind after many years of being the victim of mistreatment that my people had suffered, not giving up my seat seemed very insignificant. It was for me the time to stand up, or in my case, to sit down. So God on in pioneering daring can mean all sorts of things. It can mean taking a stand to support a person you see who is continuously under the pump. They have been often overlooked by everybody. Hardly anyone rates them. And they have no one to go to bat for them, no one to support them, no one to stand by them, other than you and you. You're it. Will you do it? Others here this morning may have been burnt by the church, by the bishop, by the dean, 
by the vicar, by the curate, by the home group leader. Pray for the pioneering spirit of Abraham to risk again. Some have failed as business people, others in their relationship with God, in your present job. Have another go. You are wiser than before. You are fitter than before. You are more capable than before. You see, it's too easy not to take the risk. This morning, can all of us pray for a Holy Spirit dose of Abraham's God-honoring, pioneering daring? To step out, to step up, to step over, to step under. Even if you've been hurt in the past by, relate, by disastrous relationship breakups. The wounds are deep, the scars are raw, and your pioneering, daring spirit is buried deep. Can you pray for the courage of Abraham to dare risk love again, to dare risk being loved again, to have another go, to step out again? You see, it's too easy not to risk again. It is completely understandable not to risk again, but that invites paralysis. Patsy and I have had a tragic year last year. Our 42-year-old son, working in Sydney, stepped over on the pedestrian crossing and dropped dead immediately of an aortic dissection. We're on bereavement leave in Nelson at um, Tahunanui, and we got a phone call from our youngest daughter's boss, Andrew, at the rest home. Said, your daughter, Sarah, is so responsible and she hasn't turned up for work. So we sent our daughter around, Elizabeth, and she discovered her sister's body, having suffered a major seizure, one she hadn't had for four years. So over one month, we lost our eldest son and youngest daughter. So our pioneering, daring spirit <laughs> is not high on the radar. But we are still called to step out and to step up. I read the other day that the African impala can jump three metres high and ten metres long. But you can contain an impala in a small cage 1.2 metres high, untethered. Why is that? Because it won't jump if it can't see where it's going to land. It won't jump unless it can see where it's going to land. And I wonder if we've got the same issue. Too often we need a money-back guarantee before we take the daring, pioneering leap of faith. We're afraid of landing. We've had some hard landings. It's not comfortable. We're terrified of getting hurt again. And so we play safe. We suppress any pioneering marrow in our bones. But you see, 2,000 years ago, a man called Jesus, with pioneering daring, turned up and showed us a new way to live. And it cost him too. But in the process, he gave us the keys to an eternal prospect, to eternal life and help here on earth, the greatest gift of all. 
And so as we come up for communion in a few moments' time, I want you, as you hold out your empty hands to receive the bread, just to pause a little longer, to seek God, to seek the Holy Spirit, to dream a little, to desire to do something different in 2022. Or even the opposite, the desire to stop doing something that you've been doing for 2022. Something that will be God-honoring, something that will be pioneering, daring for you. It might not be for anyone else, but for you. God knows he put you together. He knows your strengths and weaknesses and your fears. So it's between you and him. Something that will empower you to make a difference to your family, to your street, your school, your rest home, the bowling club, the city. And will you go one step beyond that? And when you do know what it could be, to risk telling one other person in this congregation, and in six months' time, meet up together and say, How's it going? What's happened with that pioneering daring? To open yourself up to, to risk, to dare, to entertain the possibility, to dream of again, God-honoring, pioneering daring. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.